Hello and welcome to the sixth episode Ooh. of Balustrade's World of Interesting Things. I'm Carter. And I'm Lex. And together we are Balustrade. Balustrade. A band who are once called Bastards by a bride at their own wedding. Happy days. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> so after the successful musical-based chat that we had in the previous episode... Which we, to be honest, recorded about five minutes ago. Yep. We are going to have another musical-based one. But we are going to mix things up and dispense Ooh. with the usual structure. The timer is no more. Exactly. Because otherwise we're going to be here all night. Um, instead, what we are going to do is we have picked three songs, mm-hmm. which are all covers. Ooh. And so we thought we would play them to each other and then discuss. So Lex has chosen three, I've chosen three. We're going to start with one of Lex's. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. That was Common People as performed by Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner. That's that's quite a thing. Um, that's the first time I've heard that. Oh, that's fantastic. So that was from Shatner's 2004 album called Has Been, which was produced by the man, the legend, that is Ben Folt. I, I wish I'd known that that existed, because at our wedding last year, we had common people on the playlist. But not that version. Not that version. That, w- that could have cleared the dance floor quicker. So that would have been amazing. That was. That is a great version. I think I love the fact that you've got this Californian... Oh, no, he's not Californian. He's Canadian, he's Canadian. He? But American dude singing a song which is so quintessentially English yeah. when you hear the, the Jarvis version. That it's just surreal. The, the music, the, I presume the stuff that Ben Folds has done, yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. It's a brilliant version of that track. And so there's that... Uh, singer called Joe Jackson who yep. provides the bit because otherwise it would have get who provides the actual singing yeah because <laughs> yeah. I think so that's his second Shatner's second album wow there's 40 years between his, his previous, that and his previous album and he does have that kind of he's known for that prose poetry yeah. style that he does where he just reads <laughs> out things and song and there's his Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds version so oh, which everyone's kind astonishing of um but actually, he kind of makes it into a proper song there, and that yeah. it doesn't become just a joke. And actually, the no. album is a really good album. It's not because it's a Ben Folds. Yeah. It's not. A, it's not a duff bit of music. No. It's a decent bit of music, and it's quite interestingly done. And it's not as bad as you would have thought it could have been. Yeah, and it's not a complete piss take. No, There's, and he kind of mixes it up, and he changes the tone, yeah. and it becomes quite threatening. And by as the well. end, it's quite alarming. It's like this sort of shouty man is shouting at us. that they turn it into a punk sing-along version yeah. of it as well. Yeah, it's kind of... It's, I mean, I, w- I want to hear him doing the Sleaford Mods next. <laughs> and if we don't hear that, I'll be very disappointed. Exactly. Yeah, so there you go. That was my choice. Excellent choice. Well done. My first choice is quite different. <laughs> um, I'll just play it. My bum is cold and my face is white And this is my message to you Goodness me. That was oh my hat. Yorkston Thorn Carnes version of Ivor Cutler's Little Black Buzzer. 
that that is truly indescribable. It's an odd piece of music, isn't it? That that is. I like the fact that you got to the option of piece of music rather than song. Yeah, it's it's not a song. No. It's two lines, three lines, weirdly going off. It's a really odd bit of music. Um Yorkston Thorn Khan, they're three guys. James Yorkston, who is very well established, well respected Scottish folk singer. John Thorne, who's a bluesy, jazzy bassist, worked with, I think, Lamb and bands like that. Kind of cites Danny Thompson and all those other bassists as like, heroes. And then Sahail Yusuf Khan, who plays an instrument I'd not heard of before called the Sarangi and does the singing at the end there. He's... And is that kind of, that's the drone or... That's the sort of drone thing going on. Yeah. So it's, they've done two albums now and they're all a mix of folk, jazz and Indian music. Yeah. And it's all weird because it never quite gels, it never quite works, but there's some sort of beauty in the sort of, the clash of it. And what they don't try and do is have a bit of one, bit of the other, bit of the other going on. They just bash it all together. It is a bit like you've played two songs at the same time and you're kind of getting little glimpses of both. Exactly. That's what I think it's like. And I just think it's... And it's a very, very odd cover of what was already a very odd song. Um, if you don't know Ivor Cutler, he's incredibly really worth checking out. Born in the 20s, Scottish guy who was a poet and singer, played, basically accompanied himself on the harmonium, hmm. just doing little ditties, weird little songs, little jokes, odd things. And he's one of the only people who's been, whose music has been played on radios 1, 2, 3 and 4. Wow. Which shows you that it you can't categorise what he does. Sheeran. Don't talk about that, man. <laughs> you've you've sullied us. I know. I've been deliberately provocative. <laughs> Check out Ivor Cutler if you get the chance. Um, he's absolute crackerjack. I listened to a song earlier called "The Old Oak Tree," which is about an oak tree and a woman who's standing next to it and she can't move her arms because her bra's too tight. I mean, who would think of that? Exactly. That's genius. Wonderful stuff. And that one was just about a song with a man with cold bottom. Because he's sitting on top of the world with his little black buzzer. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did Yeah. And I just I was going to make a facetious comment about the sort of Scandinavian scat at the end, but it's it's Indian, isn't it? It's Indian. Yeah, it's not Scandinavian. You could have. It sounded a bit kind of like. It was scat man, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit kind of like scatty. At the end. And it was kind of an interesting interesting way to find out what was already quite a weird song. Let's move on to um, Lex's second choice of the evening. So, my next choice is one of those songs which is... Uh, often you get a band who release a cover version, mm-hmm. and that's the song that they become best known for. Yep. And so this is, as a lot of my music is, straight from the 90s. Um, cool. And is a band who had limited success. Not many people have heard of them, but this version meant that they probably ended up on a Shine compilation or two. <laughs> Niche. But here we go. Bad dreams in the night Told me I was going to lose the fight So there you have it. That was China Drum. 90s Brit rock that, stars. I use the word in the very loosest sense yeah, of the term. That was three minutes that summed up the 90s, really, didn't it? it Dude, was... As we were just saying, it sums up indie discos at our university halls. Yeah. 
sweaty people in faded black t-shirts yeah dancing around a dining hall with the tables pushed yeah. back all waiting for the breeders to come up basically you see those were good days they were happy days so i love that song that is for me is the best cover version ever because it Goodness takes me. a classic song and turns it into it into takes, something else. It takes a five-minute song, yeah. trims off a minute and a half by yeah. playing it quicker yeah. and having an air guitar, having air guitar also, worthy solo yeah. at the end. It's a, it's it's a very solid version yeah. of that song. <laughs> I'm not going to say I like it because, frankly, I don't. But it was fun to listen to. But I enjoyed it. I will never hear it again. Oh, that's a shame. I've already forgotten the name of the band. <laughs> to remind China me. Drum. China Drum. Marvellous. Okay. And it's a good sign, the fact that I couldn't find it on Spotify. <laughs> I had to go on YouTube to try and find a copy of it. But yeah. 204,000 people have watched that video. No, you've watched it 204,000 times. <laughs> oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> so yeah, to me, that's, like I say, that's, that, that is a nice... That, I think I had that on a Joe Wiley and yeah. Stephen Wright Evening Sessions yeah. compilation CD. It's... It's for a song that I've not heard for 20 years and probably heard at the time. It's massively nostalgic, that yeah. sound yeah. and that kind of... It takes you right back to Pint, pint and a Half Meister for a quid. Yeah, down the Penny Theatre. Down the Penny Theatre with them. Um, just listen to Merkin finish their first set yeah. of the evening. Yeah. Wolfie's wandering around. Bumping into Fat First Year Carter. Hey, hey, hello, Mr. Dobson. Happy days. <laughs> there you go. So, we are going now to an artist... Who is very inspirational for both Alexandra and me. It's another Scottish gentleman of ginger beard. Nice. Former member of Arab Strap, Mr. Malcolm Middleton. Ah, oh, Malcolm. Here he is covering a song that was written by Miranda. I won't cry for all the hunger in my heart. I won't cry because I've made it through this far. Raising the bets, calling the shots now. It really doesn't faze me how you spend your time. So that was Malcolm Middleton turning the song into a very Malcolm Middleton song. That is the most Malky song possible, isn't it? Yes. Um, it was originally a Girls Aloud song. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that was Malky Sings Girls Aloud. I would not have guessed that. That's a brilliant example of how you can... Obviously, mine are just rocked-up versions yeah. of most of my songs, but of how you can completely change a song into something completely different. Well, I think it shows that, ultimately, the song is there Yeah. in the songs that it is written. You just need to arrange it where, in a certain way and play it in a minor key, Yeah. and I'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> but if the song's good enough, the song will will last yeah. almost and anyone can play it. and I think that's one of those songs um, written as I said before by Miranda Cooper who's written songs for Girls Aloud Sugar Babes Alicia Dixon and Kylie Minogue wow this, my interesting fact about this according to Wikipedia yeah. um, Miranda Cooper's songs have spent more years on the UK charts than any other female songwriter in history wow that is a top fact and I've never heard of her no because I don't listen to the sort of music that she's written. But also, you why would you? Because she's a songwriter. She's a songwriter. So she's not a singer. In no. the same way that, you know, a lot of the time you see... 
every now and again you you always wonder what what happens to people in bands when they disappear or when they when their bands stop. And mm. a lot of the time they do just disappear into being session musicians or singer songwriters. Yeah, and it shows that there's actually talent going yeah. behind this music. Yeah, and it's just packaged and marketed in a way to make money, not to make music out of it. Exactly. This isn't um, Kathy Dennis, 80s yes. pop star now, yes, Kathy but Dennis. more successful as a songwriter yeah. than she is as oh. well as a pop star. Yeah. And aren't a couple of Snow Patrol now quite successful producers as well? Probably. They've got to be doing something. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting one. I've always loved that track. And and it's very milky in that it just doesn't sound particularly like anything. Just like no. a man, a, Noodling a, a grumpy a man with a guitar sat in a corner. Yeah. Just bimbling away. Yeah, lovely. So this will be, this will be my final choice. I feel under pressure now because Karts has, has <laughs> chosen some quite esoteric and left field choices. <laughs> and I think I wrongly claimed with the last song that that was my favourite cover. And actually, it's not. Oh. So I'm going to play my favourite cover. Okay. I picked up this cover when we were at university. Yep. It was the B-side to this band's second single right. off their second album. Right. And quite I'm simply put, it's another classic song reimagined by another band. That is Baker Street by the Foo Fighters. Marvellous. I miss the saxophone. It is. There's no Bob Holness playing the saxophone in that. It never was Bob Holness. It was Sue Perkins. (laughs) There you go. So again, it's it's not a particularly sophisticated one. It's just one of those great things of a band who at the time were very much rocky. That's the singles off their second album, Cover on the Shape. Very much a grunge band at the time. Yeah. And then they went and chose a quite weird and bizarre song yeah. to do a cover for it. It was a classic yeah. B-side on a single. See, I miss those days when there were B-sides that did things like that. I used yeah. to love having a single with four tracks, yeah. one of which was a weird B-side, something like that. Yeah. You'd go, that's really cool. Yeah. And then, actually, for, the, for a lot of Foo Fighters fans, that became one of those songs which they then would play live yeah. or that people wanted and would go out to get the singles for and would yeah. want to get. And these days, you know, everything you can download. But actually, you back in back in the 90s, you had to hunt out yeah. the CD. I had a digipack version of of that CD. I can't remember which one it was. Which single it was. I, I don't think it was Monkey Wrench. I think it was what I had the second single was. Um and yeah, and I, I went out to find that CD because it had that song on it. Because I couldn't go on YouTube, like I just well, had no, to listen to it. Exactly, those were different days. I did the same with REM singles. You'd buy two versions of the single because there were different B-sides on it. Yeah, you'd have the and two be, CD versions. Yeah, and and it, was, it was different times. It was... Was it better? You could argue, were, were we just different people then? Because we you can't compare people. because we don't have the disposable income and time that we, we had when we were... And we didn't have the internet. No. Basically. Exactly. So we had to hunt, hunt things down for ourselves. We would read the NME and Mojo and Q magazine yep. and read about things and wait in anticipation for them. Yeah. And, and then and that go would try be, and find them. Yeah, that would be our directors for taste yeah. rather than yeah, just going on Spotify, you know, finding a playlist of things of which yeah. half of it you skip forward and, yeah. and don't ever listen to it again. Yeah. And it was like 
flicking through the uh, vinyl in Richard's Records or Parrot Records in Canterbury yeah. or Rival Records in Bath and yeah. just finding something. But also it's good because although that nostalgia of having those two CDs, yeah. that also was you being fleeced for two CDs Absolutely. that you would have to buy. Because so although you would have one B-side, you'd also have a lot of tosh on there yeah, as well. You'd have like those remixes that you don't really care about yeah. or, you know, a couple of live tracks usually of the same song again. Yeah. And yeah. then it would be padded out and you would feel obliged to go and buy both of them. Yeah. And, and then the taped version as well would have a third song so on it. So you never went that far. No. I did a couple of times. <laughs> For certain artists, you know, you yeah. you get to say where you're being you're a music fan and a collector. Exactly. You go down our price on a yeah. Monday during free period. Oh, on record release day when it was a Monday. It's yeah. a Friday now. Exactly. It's not the same. I didn't realise this was going to go off into a, into a little nostalgic... What else remedy. was it going to do? This is us talking <laughs> exactly. about music from the 90s. Yes. Oh, Come on. I'm glad to see that both... all No, not all three. Two out of my three were all from the 90s. And the other one was a song written in the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, yours have all been quite rocky, in a yeah. way. That yeah, The first one ended up rocky. They're all quite big songs. Yeah. My three are all quite little, small, delicate songs. It kind of reflects our musical Your taste. Small, delicate it? nature. Yes, I'm such a, I'm, I'm a gentle flower. <laughs> you are petal. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's pretty much covered Baker Street. So what's your third choice? So my third choice, I've, I was, I struggled for my third choice. So in the end, I went for quite an obvious choice, I think, which was Johnny Cash when he did his American Recording series. Didn't want to choose Nine Inch Nails. I didn't want to choose Bonnie Prince Billy, so instead I went for Nick Cave. Johnny Cash's version of the Mercy Seat. Anyway, I told the truth, and I'm not afraid to die. And the Mercy Seat is burning, and I think my head is glowing. And in a way, I'm hoping to be done with all this twisting of the truth. And An interesting choice of song. For me... It's the one cover that we played tonight that's better than the original. Controversial. I love the Nick Cave original, but this Johnny Cash version is something else altogether. It raises it to another level. But that's what that whole series of recordings does, doesn't it? It takes yes. those songs and it reimagines them yeah. and changes them. I mean, certainly, you could argue that Hurt is the better version. Yes, Hurt is the best version. Because I think, yeah. Because he, he gives it that, because he was old, wasn't he? Well, exactly, that it's, it's it, the it same gives it that poignancy that you maybe lose yeah. with the originals. And it's, you know, a man kind of doing his sort of, his last great set of recordings, isn't it, really? Yeah, and this was from the third album of that, so we've been going for a while. People knew what to get, what they were expecting at this stage. Yeah. And this one for me is, again, as you say, it's because it's an old guy looking back on what he's done in his life. Mm. There's a real sense of pathos in the song and the real when he says I'm not afraid to die you believe it yeah in a way that when Nick Cave sings it you kind of you know that's a character he's playing yeah whereas with Johnny Cash you kind of suspect it's probably true I think because a lot of the, when all of those albums just recorded it was just him and is it Rick Rubin who was producing yeah. and that yeah because a lot of people get funny about oh Rick Rubin the great producer but didn't he just sit him down and just record him singing songns and that mm. was his production yeah. is that you know he he under unproduced it. Yes, which is a skill. Yeah, because as seasoned recording artists ourselves, we know how tempting it is to throw everything into the mix. Exactly, and add that extra garage band loop. Yeah, that you don't need, never needed. Yeah, but when you strip everything away and you've got the talent that Johnny Cash has, yeah, 
you can produce something marvellous. And it still sounds like a Johnny Cash song. Yeah. Which is an achievement in itself. Yeah. But actually, for a lot of people in our generation, come, he, they come to his stuff through those recordings. And those, yeah. in a way, are what you now think of as Johnny Cash songs. Yeah. Especially Hurt being the archetypal one. Whereas actually people don't really think about Walk the Line and... No. Um, Boy Named Sue and those no. classic, slightly twier country yeah, songs. Yeah, the sort of true country songs, whereas yeah. other songs from other genres turned into country songs mm. don't have the same kind of standing as those country songs, yeah. but they will they will last for a different generation. Yeah. I suppose because it's his um, legacy, which is mm. what makes that song work, isn't yeah. it, as you say. And, and if, because he's been there, gone away, and mm. then come back again, yeah. it gives it that resonance and... Yeah, it becomes almost old country yeah, when it's it, actually being done by a country singer who invented yeah, it. So all. it's alt alt country. Yeah, it's so alt that it goes back to being country, I think. That's meta. That is. Wow. Yeah. That's a great album, that American. Song. Yeah, they're, they're be- they're, they are astonishingly good albums. Well, there you go. So I think that was quite three quite interesting. I quite like this format as well. It works quite well. well. We'll have to do this again at some point. So... I hope you enjoyed those six songs. I did. I did as well. It's quite it's... a good one. I yeah. like that. What are your favourite covers? Let <laughs> us know. And how many ways are there that people can communicate with cards? Is it one? No. no. Is it two? <laughs> no. no. Is it three? Maybe. Yes. You can contact us on email. You can email voidpodcast at gmail.com. Hurrah. You can contact us on Twitter. That's at Voightpod. Nice. So you're, through, you're going through this efficiently. I'm like getting through them quickly. Yeah. Or you can contact us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash balustradehq. Wow. And as we discussed in the last episode, we actually had our first sort of review and comments in the previous thing. But we've not only got one on Facebook, we've also got one on iTunes. We do indeed. I'm going to read out some of the highlights from this review, which came from Jane T., it made me laugh, especially the timer literally ticking to provide added tension. See, that's good. That is it, good. It made me laugh. That's the, what we should take away that's from good, this. Yeah. Discussion about some of the balustrade songs leading their way to irrelevant topics, self-deprecating and funny. Shame they don't slavishly adhere to the timer. Well, that is us. We are very rarely adherents to, to time. Rules, man. We exactly. don't. We don't compromise. Conform. That's the word. We're, we we're, we're erudite and wordy as well, though, <laughs> as you can see. We're well good at speaking. We are. We as, we as good are at speaking this than others. People haven't spoke as well as we've spoken. And to be believed, can you believe it? But actually, Jane's review, she admits to being drunk when she wrote it. Yes. But it's still more eloquent than anything we've just said, yes. having only just had a cup of tea and a glass of yes. water this evening. Indeed. And the other bit of information you probably need to know is that Jane is one of my sisters, so it's still people we know. Oh, so yeah, so if you are not somebody we know, hello, what are you doing <laughs> yeah. listening to this? You have better things to do. <laughs> then why not drop us a line? Write us a review. Send us a tweet. Draw us a picture. Exactly. Scan it in and post it to us. Because yeah. if you, you can, can find our address, yeah. then more power to you. Al- Alex Thomas, Trowbridge. It'll get here. <laughs> It'll get here. Because there are only, you know, three people with postal addresses yeah. in Trowbridge. Yeah. Matt Carter, that Twee little village near yeah. Bath. Yeah, Somerset. Yes, the right side of the border. Nice. And there we go. And so that's been another great episode. Thanks for listening, dudes. We'll see you soon. Bye. Dudes. What a dickhead. <laughs>
format. We'll yeah. redo that format. We should definitely. I'll stop. I won't click a pen. Disrupt <laughs> <laughs> disrupt the recording. You're distracting yourself. I am. It's just like a petulant child. <laughs> <laughs>